welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. Again, as always, it was a pretty good week. Just work, just life in general. But sometimes, you know, life can get interesting. It can get hard. It can get testy. It can get joyous. But that's just life. It all goes in cycles, and we have to go along with the good as well as the bad. Because life is not this perfectly happy soap opera or time at the circus or the fair. And as one lady used to say, the fair is not the place of life. It is the place you go to have fun. In other words, her real saying was, life is not fun. Fair is where you go to have fun. So with that in mind, I just wanted to share with you this week um, some feelings I've been having and maybe It'll help you as it helped me because this is more personal this week about me dealing with something that I had to remember to overlook or at least try to find a good solution to. There was this celebration event that was going on and it was celebrating 50 years. And in celebrating those 50 years, I went to the website to look at what they were doing and When I got to the website, they had a history of it. But the trouble was, the history was incomplete. It talked about the leaders of the church and when they came to the church and how long they had been in the church. But um, they left someone out, and that someone was me. And I remember my exact words to my wife that that really pissed me off. And at first I said it pissed me off because they were a church and, and that they're supposed to tell the truth. And when I really thought about it, more than being pissed off as the week went on all of last week, I was upset and hurt. But I didn't understand why I was upset or hurt. I mean, it brought tears to my eyes on two or three occasions during that week that I had been completely erased, completely overlooked as a part of who they were at this point in their history. Because let's face it, even terrible times, as well as good times, make up the fabric of our life and who we are and how we experience life and how we carry forth in life. And so to have a whole part erased, of course, in my mind, it got me to thinking about What had I really done? But before that thinking, I thought, well, I'll just let them know. Maybe they really don't know that that history exists. Maybe they don't know because no one told them. So I contacted them and said I had some pictures. And the lady graciously said, well, send those pictures. We'd like to see them. And I said, well, you know, you're missing one of your ministers. And I said, it was me. And so I had a 1985 directory and I sent a copy of that directory, a copy of the copy, because I wanted to keep the directory myself. And then I pulled out an album that I made when I, or my wife made, when I left that church. And it had pictures of some of the best times that we had. And it had cards in it and letters from the youth group that they wrote me when I left. And it was really refreshing to read that. I knew that I was not perfect in my time there and in my service, and I did not do everything right. But I knew it was a good time, and I knew I had made a positive impact. But just when it first hit me, and there's no mention of it like it didn't exist, I had to come to the conclusion that just because they didn't say it existed 
didn't mean it did not exist. Those lives that I touched and touched me, they still exist. They're still out there. I still stay in touch with some of them, and I've seen what they do, and I'm sure not just my interaction with them, but interactions of other adults and teachers and friends have made them who they are. But I know I did at least have a part of it. And so that made me understand that I was just really upset and hurt because I had been discounted, that it didn't seem to matter that for the history of that church, I had a part of it. And we did some big things like building a family life center, and I helped put in the plumbing and the youth group that I led put on the roof. And it didn't cost them money to do that. And that's no big deal. I'm not telling you that for you to pat me on the back and to be mad at them. I'm telling you that because another story dawned on me. I had a guy named Walter in my church, and one day I published in the newspaper, and I gave somebody a thank you. And about a Sunday later, he asked me, well, I didn't get in a newsletter. I didn't get that. And I said, well, Walter, you know what it says in the Scripture, that if you get your reward here, you don't get one in heaven. Which one would you rather have? And that got me to thinking, what was I doing? Did I do the things that I did in that ministry because I wanted to be noticed, because I wanted to be patted on the back? I wanted to be praised and say, oh, what a good ministry you had. How great it went, and you were so good, and you... No. Did I learn some of that? Yeah, because of the notes and letters that were written to me. Apparently, I affected some people's lives more than I knew at the time. And until I was leaving and got those notes, I didn't know it. And until I read them again, I didn't remember it. But I was doing it because it was what needed to be done at the time. And it was how I interacted. I didn't even think about it. In some of the letters that was written to me and the things I did, I would have just done them because it was the right thing to do. To talk to someone, to listen to someone, to be there when they had a problem, to hear it and try to help them through it. Or as one letter said, when dumb questions are asked, you don't look down on them for asking dumb questions. You just take the time to give them the answer. And so as I thought about that all week long, a question came to me that I want to ask you this week. Who's your audience? Who are you playing to? You know, Shakespeare said that life is a stage and we're all the actors upon it. Well, if we're all the actors upon it, who are we trying to impress? Who are we trying to get a Tony from or whatever other award it is that we're trying to get? Who is our audience? And I'm speaking specifically to Christians now. Your audience is God. And he says he sees everything you do. And he makes it clear that you'll get rewarded by what you've done. As a Christian, you don't miss heaven, but that idea of wood, hay, and stubble, and everything will be burned up, and that which survives is your reward? Well, who were you doing it for? Were you doing it for your youth group? Were you doing it for your congregation? Are you doing it for your neighbors? Are you doing it for your friends, your fellow workers? Are you doing it for God because God said this is how you're supposed to live? You're not living to get a metal. You're living to make a difference. And that's the lesson I learned this past week through some tears and through some reflection. My performance has not always been the best, but my performance, deep down at the root of it, has always been 
towards God. And I did what I thought he would want me to do. And sometimes I tried to hide what I knew he did not want me to do. But I was reminded this week that as a Christian, my audience is God. He is the one that will reward. He is the one that really matters what he thinks of the performance that I have given. No one else. So I hope you'll think about that this week and realize that God is your audience, not those people that you're in the play with. You're simply providing them with a supporting role that they can carry out their story. And later, the rewards will come. Blessing, protection, and favor as you go through the rest of your week.